Hello, Judith. Hey, good evening, Sonia. Welcome to the Coaches Cup podcast. And we have something exciting that we want to start with. (laughs) So if you're listening to us in the car, pull over, get a pen and paper out. (laughs) This is important. Next week is our 100th episode. What? I know. I don't know how it got here, but here we are. And we decided that we would love to answer viewer questions for that episode. It would be so fun to have y'all write in, DM us on any question you have. Yeah. Personal coaching. Mm -hmm. What else? How I did on my race. No, I'm going to tell y'all how I did on my race anyway. Um, but like where, where we live, how many kids we have personal, I don't know. <laughs> you name it, we'll answer it. Mm-hmm. How's that? So yes. if you want to have your question answered next week for our hundredth episode, DM us on Instagram. You can DM me at Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A underscore green coaching. And you can DM me. I am just Judy, J-U-S-T-J-U-D-I-E on Instagram. Yes. Now, please have those DMs into us by Sunday, Sunday, May 8th. Oh, that's Mother's Day, May 8th. Yes, Sunday, May 8th. Please have them in by midnight, Sunday, May 8th. Or do it right now while you're listening to us. Like I said, just really quickly, send us any question you've been dying to know about us and we will be happy to answer it as we celebrate our hundredth episode. So that's almost 104 will be two years dead on. Wow. Right. Right. 50. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cause we started recording episodes about the first of June. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Here we are. Well, let's do a little catch up. Okay. All right. So I've been yes, gone. I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed you too. So April has been a busy month for Coach Judith. Um, been lots of traveling and did catch COVID. Fun facts. I didn't think I was, would talk about it, but I'm just going to put it out there. I came home from Texas and caught COVID because this is going to parlay into my running story. Mm-hmm. And that I did go to Nashville. I think I, I think I just got home last week. <laughs> So yeah, think, yeah. it was awesome. last weekend. So, um, and I did change, have the opportunity to change my race. I did not do a half marathon. I did a 10 K, which is 6.1 miles. And I did complete my race. I did get my medal and at, at the end, right? This is the first race where, um, I've had, I've had anybody waiting on me at the end. Seriously. It's the first really? one. Yes. And my husband and um, a very good friend. We're both standing at the finish line for me. I Which love I, that. I don't know what I think about that. Usually I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm still, it was very nice. It was very nice. Good. And yeah. you weren't the last person. I was not the last <laughs> Although it's so funny. This is important to talk about, right? Because we all have that fear. Somebody we all gets- have human brains. Yes, right. we do. So there were like 2000 people in this, in this particular race that I did. I think there were like 10,000 in the half marathon. So I'm super excited that I didn't do that, Yeah, but I did do the math in my brain. I, Cause I was like in the bottom 60 out of 2000, so. <laughs> but I still had pretty good time for having COVID. Yeah. 
and five week training plan that was really about two weeks. <laughs> Listen, if ever there was a person who had an excuse not to do a race, it was you and you didn't fall to any of those excuses. No, I did not. You honored your plan. You honored your commitment. And how did that feel? It feels good. I mean, it's so funny that you're saying, cause I haven't really thought about it. Cause like, this yeah. is just this is who I am. It's what I do. Right. So it just feels very natural. Like, yeah, this right. is what I so. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but that's the goal, right? I mean, that same feeling is available to every single person listening to us. That's just what I do. That's just how I roll. That's available to all of us. If we practice keeping our commitments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. I think I'm, I'm having a moment here. Just listening to you talk about it. <laughs> because it is just, I, it's just what I do. Yeah. I don't even know how to. It's second that. nature to you now. I know that's what, that's what I'm pointing out. I mean, okay. Thank you. There, there's a point where we just don't, we don't think it's available to us to have that mm to just take it for granted. You have followed up on your commitments for so long that you just take it for granted. That's just what I do. That's how I roll. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am pretty good at commitment. Okay. Yeah. You are pretty good at commitment. All right. Well, (laughs) even though we talked about that, that's not really our topic for today, is it? It is not, but Hey, have we talked about that? (laughs) Commitment. But instead we're talking about toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us what that is, Judith. Well, toxic positivity is forced positivity. On the surface, it sounds innocent enough, but it's when you go through a difficult situation or someone else is going through a difficult situation and you don't meet that person or yourself. This can also be done to yourself. Yeah. We don't acknowledge the real feelings and you gloss over and you get so accustomed to glossing over with this false positivity because feeling the discomfort of someone else's feelings and feeling the discomfort of your own feelings is too much. And usually these are going to be negative feelings, right? When I think about having to put a positive spin on just everything, right? And it's a topic that hits me because it's one that I have felt I practiced it a lot in my youth and I feel like it still carries over sometimes. Like there are times when I still don't realize that I am trying to make a situation positive so I don't have to feel uncomfortable about it. Right. Right. I, my thoughts about this personally, there may have been times like there, those awkward situations with someone in public. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. they start having conversations with you and you, one, you may not know this person really well, or two, it's like a stranger and three, you've got somewhere to be. Mm-hmm. And I will find myself being like, you know, well, think positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time. I don't have time right now to listen. And that was, you know, yeah. And so yeah. that, that's what came to my mind. I don't know that I am aware, although I'm going to question everything because we were talking earlier, we were pre-gaming about like, this can be a really granular subject. Yes, absolutely. I, mm-hmm. I think about it a lot with parenting 
Mm-hmm. Because it's when you said out in public, that's where I thought you were going with it. Because I think about it when I am out in public with the eight-year-old, you know, yes. it's still in that stage where heaven forbid somebody offer him something and he's not he doesn't answer the right way. Yes. You know, those, those kinds of things. That's what I think about when I think about toxic positivity, having to always be, well, thank you very much. You know, even if (laughs) he did something the other day and he's like, well, mama didn't want that. (laughs) That's not the point. Oh no. I don't even know. I'm thinking about like, wait a minute, is this good Southern raising or is this toxic positivity? What is this? I think it is cultural, right? (laughs) I mean, toxic positivity, it's definitely culture, (laughs) but the whole thing that my comfort is more important than your reality. I don't care if you want it or not. You're going to be polite and say, thank you, because that's what makes me comfortable. Yes, it's for our comfort. Yes. Which is so interesting because when, when I think about myself, right? Mm-hmm. When we think about ourselves and the relationship we have with ourselves and how we talk to ourselves. Am I, I don't know that I am, positivity is not the one that I'm toxic on in there. Like it's yeah. going to be that, you know, the negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Well, but, you know, covering that up, Anytime you're covering up any of that negative self-talk, and that's the big problem with toxic positivity, because many times it opens the door to shame. Right. In that space where, so I could think about in relationships, Mm -hmm. like if I came to you and I wanted to share and in that space where if you were to give me toxic positivity and say, you know, well, just be positive or good vibes only. Yeah. 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 And, and, I, and this uh, here, I'm going to like re- redo this whole thing because where I thought you were going with parenting is that point where, where in the moment when your kid comes to you and they want to talk about their experience at school, the teacher, yes. they did like, the yes. person that did wrong or talk about their feelings. And if, because you're uncomfortable and you say things like, oh, you'll get over it or don't be yes. so negative. And then that creates within the child in that space, in those moments where you could, you, I'm saying we, right? We, yeah. No, no, no. Right? You're, you're, yeah. Right. That that's where shame comes in because then the child, the person begins to internalize and think I'm wrong. Something's wrong with me because right. I have these feelings because what a healthy person, right. And this is where, you know, the whole concept of validating someone else's feelings. Like this is really advanced concept and how it's very nuanced and yeah. how many times, you know, it's re- requires focus. Yes. So we- like if one of your kids comes to you and says, well, nobody wanted to sit with me at lunch. Mm-hmm. Versus, or- so like, you know, a typical response could be, oh, well, you know, what if you did this or did this instead of saying, you know, I can see where that would cause some hard feelings. Let me know if you want to talk about this. Yeah. Right. And validating them in that moment. Yes. Because then it's just in that moment that you can, you can validate and solidify the relationship so that the kid will come to you next time when they have something 
even greater that they want to talk to you about, about their feelings. Yes. So if they start building the shame stories, then they will just be avoidant and not come to you at all. Keep internalizing. And where this goes in the big picture is it talks about a mental health issue. Yeah. Right. That people who don't learn or who aren't validated. Right. And I, my, my brain went, of course, to children. I've got two kids. They're young mm-hmm. adults. But thinking about, I am 100% sure I did not validate my kids' feelings oh. all the time because I yeah. didn't have this language. I was right. not there. But thinking about how to be available now and wondering when the kids don't text back, like, well, are they in a negative shame spiral because I didn't validate them when they were younger, which is entirely possible. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's something, and that that is something that, I, I, I agree. I didn't do either. And I have tried to be better at it, but still it's something that I'm constantly working on. I don't always remember because those deep cultural roots, we, we were parented that way, not because mm-hmm. our parents wanted to cause us shame, but you know, it's just cyclical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Generational. And, yes. And so breaking that takes practice. It takes it takes time. It does. And yeah, it is an advanced concept. It takes practice. It does. And I think about, especially young parents or when I was a young parent, you know, it seemed like kids would come to you at the inopportune times, <laughs> like when you're doing something mm-hmm. and there would always be that buzz in the background of their, they were always talking, of course, and just trying to in your brain telling stories, but anywho, yeah. That's what I thought about where it's most impactful. And of course, being a coach, thinking about, you know, that's really like our primary spot too, is holding that space for our clients so that they can talk about their feelings. Yes. And I think that's what, another reason why it feels very different for me to talk about this mm-hmm. because I listening and validating is part of what we do. Yeah, we do it. We do it with our clients all the time. That, that whole concept of holding space and letting whatever comes up, just come up to the surface. And they, there's no shame in that space. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to, we're going to push and and poke until, until you talk about it, until it comes up to the surface. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Susan David is somebody that we've talked about before. And she talks a lot about, about toxic positivity. And she talks about how, one of the reasons that, well, part of, part of the cultural issue is that we even categorize emotions as positive and negative. Exactly. And that we can't just say emotions are emotions. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, but here's the thing, this, that's even more advanced. Yeah. 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 That's a topic for another day. But we do, we do label and box categorize things. And that's, you know, that's why we feel like we have to be positive because negative is bad. Positive is good. Mm -hmm. And so that's why there's even this push for it. Mm -hmm. And I think too, about in social media where people only give the highlight reel Uh of of their lives, right? The curated only, only positive and the perfect pictures. And maybe it's even some um, influencers that, you know, with the perfect kids and the clean house and all that, that mm-hmm. to the rest of us with the dirty house, with maybe some low self-esteem, 
and some shitty stories going on in the head that seeing images like that, right. That visual toxic positivity, if you will. Yes. Yeah. It's easy to believe that that is reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if that, if I believe that somebody else's reality and my reality is different, then shame has a wide open door to walk through shame. I was listening to, to Susan David on, I think on Brene Brown's podcast And she talked about how even gratitude journals can be tools of toxic positivity, right? You know, because it's all about, do I think I'm supposed to be grateful? Mm -hmm. Is the gratitude coming from something I should feel? I'm listing all these things that I should be grateful for rather than exploring the fuller emotion. You know, what comes to my mind when, when you say that is thinking about, you know, of course the toxic, positive, toxic gratitude, Ibity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wanted to get that out the right way. It would be, of course, used in a similar manner where, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, right. And you and I, clearly we have a lot to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. We're living, in, we've got running water and power. Oh, and absolutely. And, yeah. But, but where it would be harmful is when we truly have a bad day and not give ourselves the opportunity and the humanness to have our bad day and to either gloss ourselves over with like, you know, Judith, you can't, you can't think this way. You've got so much to be grateful for. There are people who have it worse than you get over it, you know, that type of thing, or someone else giving me that message of, you know, but you have, but you have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. We do have a lot to be grateful for, Yes, but, but we, we can acknowledge that without using it to beat ourselves up. Yes. Gratitude journals have a place and they can be useful, but be careful if you find yourself. I've, I find the same thing with positive affirmations. Sometimes people use them, you know, I, in fact, I don't really endorse them because people end up using them against themselves. Yes. I was listening to, um, Caroline Leaf's podcast and she had mm-hmm. Whitney Goodman. Apparently she has a book out. I'll have to get back to you on the name of that book, but she's talking about cognitive behavior therapy, mm-hmm. positive, um, affirmations. And that's actually, she's the one that talked about the shame gap. There's shame in the gap Yeah, between what you say and what you believe that cognitive dissonance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's look at our values. That's what, that what's what intrigued me. I'm like, didn't we have a podcast on that? Mm-hmm. Knowing your values. Yeah. I, I love, I love that. In fact, I keep going back to that, thinking back to that podcast. We should do another one on values at some point to, to revisit that because it's so important being in integrity with yourself, mm-hmm. knowing what it is that's important to you, having that space, opening that space to validate how you really feel. Yes. That's, I'm nodding in case y'all can't see. Yeah. And, and <laughs> letting go of that shame. I should, be, no, I'm not, I'm not even going to say that. You're shooting on yourself. Yeah, I know. You? I know <laughs> because it's so easy to fall into, but these things can coexist. You can be grateful for something and you can still have some kind of for lack of a better word, negative feeling. You can have a bad day. You're allowed to have a bad day and still, or you're allowed to be angry at your spouse and still be grateful for your spouse. You're allowed to hate your job and still be 
grateful that you have a job. Mm-hmm. Now we want to work on those things. That's what coaching is all about. Right. Working through those things, but beating yourself up or feeling like you have to be positive all the time. That's why it's toxic. That feeling like you have to be positive all the time when you don't have the feeling of positivity mm-hmm. feels like failure. Yes. And I, when I read that, I was like, what? Let me give this another second here. Because if you're so accustomed to being in that positive headspace, and I just can't even imagine being in that kind of a positive headspace, let me just say. Yeah. That where if I felt something negative or thought something negative that I would feel like a failure that I, because the immediate response would be to judge and to not want that there so quickly Mm -hmm. that it would feel like, or if I thought it longer than a minute that I would feel like a failure. Yeah. But can't you, isn't that one of the, the feelings that you can kind of drum up in your, if you, if you sit there and think about it, I can do not good enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's one of those that it has a feeling it sits in a certain place in your body when you're trying to be positive through something, but it's really causing you a lot of discomfort. And I think, you know, it's worth somebody sitting and thinking about meditating about what that feeling is, just in case you're not familiar with it, in case you haven't stopped to recognize it. I've told you on the car before I practice negative feelings, you know, but one of the reasons I do that is so I recognize it when I feel it, when that's coming up for me, it's like, oh, okay. There is this dissonance here. What's going on? Mm -hmm. What am I trying to push away and be happy, even though happy or positive is not what I'm feeling? Mm. Interesting. It's so, it's so interesting to hear because I'm a feeler first Mm -hmm. to hear that you're practicing the negative. That's feeling mm, interesting. Uh Mm -hmm. Have we talked about Enneagram? I am an Enneagram five. So I'm all about being, you know, in my thoughts, that's, that's a much more comfortable place. Mm-hmm. for me. So I don't, I don't necessarily lead with my feelings. I want that logic. Logic mm-hmm. is like a suit of armor I can wear mm-hmm. and it protects me from feelings. Mm-hmm. So I practice taking off the armor and feeling it so that the next time there's that little stab, I know what it is. Yeah. Interesting. Cause I, I just, I practice probably the opposite of that. And that is <laughs> armoring up. <Yeah. laughs> oh, protect. I've got to armor up, protect my feelings, making yeah. sure that I don't absorb somebody else's energy because I'm very open to receiving others energy. And, and I feel like I've really become this past year, the master of that and the more I've mastered my own mm-hmm. system, the better I am at armoring up yeah. or understanding it's, I really don't armor up, but I'm very aware. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's what, I mean, that's what all of this boils down to. Right. What is the answer to toxic positivity? Practicing, validating and acknowledging real feelings. Right. 50, 50. How many times when you were, when we were reading about this, it came up for me. I'm like, well, there it is. This is what we learned. Brooke gave us the cheat sheet to so many things. It's so, 
she simplified so much. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm looking around. I have, I have three different pages I've made notes on and I have 50, 50 written on all three of them in some yeah. spot. 100%. Yeah. The human experience is meant to be felt. We are meant to have our feelings. And the more we practice feeling them, the more we understand them, the better relationship we have with them, the more at peace we can be because when we understand them and allow them and not avoid or resist, yeah, then they pass right through. Yeah. We alluded to this early, like early in the podcast, but I want to come back to this. The real way to solve this also is to look at our emotions as signposts Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. understand, dig deep to really figure out what the feeling is to get granular because we like to, we like to throw around emotions like stressed Mm -hmm. or overwhelmed. So true. I coached three clients yesterday and it was on stress. And my words to them was, you need to come up with other feelings besides stress to figure out what we're working on here. Like stress is a a catch all. It's a blanketed statement, right? We just toss that out like a, like a fishnet and just pull it all in, but we've got to see what we're going to catch in that net to know what we're working with. Absolutely. And so you, if you are somebody like me, who's not practiced at feeling feelings, just figuring out that you have negative feelings may be a shock to you. <laughs> I, can't I mean, I am like, I cannot imagine not no. feeling like it's so well. No, I went through, I went through at least what, 45, 46, 47 years of my life thinking I never had anxiety. Oh. And then I found. Corinne, I found coaching and I realized I have just as much anxiety as the next person. I just stuffed it down with food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had to start, I feel like I had to start at a more base level than you or somebody who leads with their feelings because I was very much in the average. I had three happy, mad, and sad. Mm, So that those were my three. And so that is the work now is really digging down and figuring out. I'm not just overwhelmed. What am I, what, where is that coming from? And so that's, that's the work that for some of us is more challenging than for others, but either, either way it can be done. Well, there was something else I came across and I wanted to, to, to mention that I came across in the readings that about the self-improvement cycle. Oh yeah. Super interesting in the vein of toxic positivity. Yes. People, you know, how you're in that cycle of thinking that you need to be fixed on everything that you're just, and I, I may have come across a person or three in, in my coaching where there comes a point where things are very solved and maybe even in my own Mm self-coaching and realizing like, I don't need to fix everything. There just comes a point where, you know, when you realize that life is not perfect, let's just have fun. Yes. That people getting stuck in that self-improvement, thinking that there's always one more thing to fix, one more thing to fix. And I think that that kind of goes into the toxic positivity too. Yeah. And we should have led with this because that's what so many people who don't understand life coaching, that's what they think it's for. Mm. 
bunch of affirmations and yes, sort yes. Of manifest some weight loss. <laughs> that's, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I mean, they, they think that that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And really we're not here to fix anything. We're just going to show you your, your thoughts and show you how those lead to your actions, get, get you your results. And you get to decide if you're going to stay in them. People are always shocked when I say, okay, let's, let's sit here for a minute. Let's feel these feelings. (laughs) What? You're not going to fix me. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. So when you said that I came across, should we roll through the list of things you might hear, right? I'm just going to tell y'all like it's on the Google. If you did Google on toxic positivity, they have these neat little lists of how to, um, how to, um, what to say to someone and how to validate someone if they came to you with a problem and how to put a twist on that. Yeah. You don't have to give me a second here though. Well, Um, I've got, I've got a couple here of things that you can say if you want to practice. Mm, Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, if somebody comes to you, if you're, whether it's your child having a bad day at school, whether it's a friend, regardless of the situation, you can tell them, you know, wow, that must be so hard Mm -hmm. and and stop there. Mm -hmm. Resist the urge to fix it after that, because that's the thing. Sometimes we can say, wow, that must be really hard. Have you tried? (laughs) Yeah. My favorite one right now is it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's okay. And then you stop. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. You're going through this. Mm. Yeah. Uh, It can be difficult to see the good in in this situation, but we'll make sense of it when we can. Uh, Is there anything I can do to support you through this? Mm. Oh, when you said that one, you know, so much of the toxic positivity and the feelings like I came across was grief. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think we are culturalized to not help to understand grief. And when people are experiencing grief and I think about my mom, my mom had a lot of grief and it was hard to be around her, especially when she had dementia, that repeating of the grief Mm because she lived there and just how impatient other people could be. It was Uh hard to hear her and people would say thoughts like, well, you've got three other children, you know, when she lost the oldest daughter Mm -hmm. and trying to divert because they were uncomfortable. Yeah. I I just made me, it just made me super sad for all of us who are, are hurting and just wanting to be heard by someone else. And the, the value that just listening to someone or the, or you listening to someone or someone listening to you, you just never know the value of just having your heart open and listening to someone and saying sentences like this, how healing that could be for someone. Yeah. And then stopping and not trying to fix it. And I keep coming back to that because I I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. So that's important for me to hear. And I want other people to hear it too. If you're a fixer, all you have to say is how can I support you through this? That must be so hard. Mm-hmm. And that's it. If they offer something, then of course, if they say it would really be helpful if you could call me later this week Mm -hmm. and just check on me. Absolutely. I can do that, but don't feel like you have to offer a solution to their pain. 
Just be with them in it, sit with them in it. And if you're experiencing grief, and if you're someone who might be doing, you know, you're new to thought work, knowing that this would be like, you have your unintentional model and then wanting to throw in that a new thought and think that you can just swipe right over into there and that you should feel better. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. work that way. This is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. You have to feel the feeling you have to be with yourself and allow yourself the human experience that that is toxic to yourself, to thinking that some positive affirmation or some thought switch mm-hmm. is going to make you feel better. Yeah. If the word should appears anywhere in your in your thinking, yeah. that should be your should big, be. Yeah, it should <laughs> be. Oh, it's funny. That should. So you know. There. <laughs> All right. I think it's time to wind it down. Okay. Um, next week, once again, we're gonna come back for our hundredth episode. We want oh, you to send us your questions. Oh, what do God. you want to know about Judith and Sonia? <laughs> what do you want to know about coaching? We're we'll, we'll tell all. We just what do you want to know about North Carolina or or <laughs> Kentucky or Tennessee? <laughs> I, I live in between both right now. Send us a message on Instagram if you're on our Facebook page. You can you can ask us a message or ask us a question on there. Wherever we will find them, and we just want to know what our listeners. What questions do you have for us? It's going to be fun. If y'all don't ask questions, we're going to have to make it up. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, y'all. I I think we have enough people. I think they'll ask. We'll have to stick it out. Maybe we just need to put it on our face, our Instagram page. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that too. But anyway, until then, if you are looking for coaching, I have three spots that are opening up because guess what? School is winding down and I am almost officially retired. But if you are interested in one of those three spots, then you can message me at soniagreencoaching.com. And I coach exclusively for No BS Weight Loss Program. I would love to coach you. (laughs) And we'll see you next week. Bye.